Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach. Have you ever wondered how well-suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz. And you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website, sumatisparks.com. That's S as in Sam, U, M as in Mary, A, T as in Tom, I, Sparks as in Sparks Are Flying. And when you request the quiz, you'll be automatically added to my mailing list and you'll be the first to learn about my virtual events and to receive occasional helpful tidbits of advice and information on how to add more love, passion, and joy into your life. So today I'm super excited to have as my guest Shara Ogan. Shara currently works as an intuitive coach combining the magic of coaching and clairvoyance. In the past, Shara spent seven years living in an educational and research community dedicated to helping women have better sex, intimacy, and relationships. The information she'll transmit to you today comes from her experience as both a student and teacher in this organization, also from her hundreds of love and relationship readings, and from her own personal experience, being single until the age of 40 and never believing she would be in a committed relationship. So welcome to the show, Shara. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to have you here. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've known you over the years, and it just was like, pow, like something just struck you with, like, marriage and baby almost overnight, you know? <laughs> Tell us, like, your story and how you went from, like, this, you know, sexuality community into, you know, a more traditional relationship and now an intuitive coach. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, um, I think it surprised everybody out of left field. I had a major spiritual awakening and transition uh, about six years ago, which I'll kind of, my story will lead into that. But prior to about, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago, I was more or less lost. I had a good career. I've had a good career since the age of 21. I've been in the medical field. And that wasn't my, like, pillar that I needed help with. My pillar was, was about having personal satisfaction. I was completely unconfident with myself. I always compared myself to other women, and I just never felt good enough. You know, I doubted myself. And, and mostly, I never was in relationships. I, was, I always had that, like, I'm alone and I'm different from everybody, that story. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners right here could relate to that. I don't fit in here. I don't fit in anywhere, you know. I don't know who I am and I'm lost, but my career, I, I was that, but not other things. So... I believe that the major things that happened in my life kind of found me. It was just kind of like the universe, like surrendering to the universe and allowing it to take you where you're supposed to be. So there I am, mysterious, you know, in the medical field and living for my career. I basically was like, you know, nine to five, working out and then going to bed. And I was like, wait a second, hold on. There's got to be something more to life than just this. And then when I moved into this community that broke down all my walls and barriers of isolation, and I learned so much about intimacy, and I hope I could impart some of these wisdoms um, to, to you in the audience today. And uh, I learned how to, uh, that was my sexual awakening, let's say. I learned how to be comfortable in my body. Before that, I had body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and I was like very uncomfortable even taking off my clothes with a man. It was, it was just that mm. bad. Anyway. So <laughs> I'll just jump fast forward on this story. And when I, after I left that community, it was about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, things are good. I was training to be a life coach and I'd done like 20 years of transpersonal work, but at the same time, I was still dissatisfied and single. <laughs> I had conquered the, you know, learning what I needed to do about my body and being comfortable in my body with sexuality, but I was still single and dissatisfied with my current state. So then when I, enter, I entered into a clairvoyant training, the clairvoyant school, I ended up like 
full throttle. They're there five nights a week. I was like, I joke about like, I just entered a monastery and I didn't like leave because it was like my life, like four hours a day for five days a week. And I was doing readings and readings and readings. And after about the second year of being there, I managed to heal all of my blocks, all of my major like limiting beliefs and unmet needs and major core wounds, whether it's this life or past. And I wasn't, mind you, I wasn't in this training to be a clairvoyant. Like I didn't even, I never, I was very mainstream. I never really liked the word psychic or clairvoyant. I never really understood what it was, but all of a sudden it was like this light just turned on and I, everything in my life shifted, everything at the age of 44, after I did about my hundredth as a student, mind you, uh, I was just completing, I, I did at least a hundred love readings. You know, a woman just would come to me and be like, I'm looking for love and her story, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I could relate to that story. I've been there too. I know exactly what this woman's talking about. And all of a sudden there was no charge inside of me. There was nothing after like five days a week of working on this and healing it, there was no like wounds or father issues that needed to be healed, healed. And then it was that hundredth reading, probably about, I'm just guesstimating on that number. And all of a sudden I shut my eyes to look at what was my match. And I saw this, this arc field of a man, like a shadow of a man come into my, 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 my aura. It was just the craziest thing. And that same week I met my husband and, and then at the age of uh, 47, or actually just before my 47th birthday, uh, I gave birth to the most beautiful, wonderful little girl, and she is the love of my life. So I basically, my point is, I changed my life around, and I grew the ability to do this for other people and to see what was blocking them from finding love or whatever they wanted, just a lot of satisfaction, to be happy. You know, I, I'm, I'm deeply driven to help women or people in general to find their true bliss and their happiness and to clear the blocks that are standing in the way. So as I developed this ability, it was like the wave I couldn't run. I was like, I need to do this for others. I need to help others to, 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 to step into this transition with inside themselves and to live in their highest and fullest self. That is key to finding the healthy relationship that you want to be in is being your fullest and highest self. And at the very end, I'll talk about my manifestation program, but that's another like little tidbit of what I do right now. I help people to manifest the life that they want. How awesome is that? <laughs> hmm. Wow. I'm taking all these notes here. I have so many questions to ask you. Um, right. I, I was just, tr- I was really struck by, well, first of all, thank you for sharing so vulnerably um, and I'm like, you had a baby at age 47, heads exploding. <laughs> that's, that's really <laughs> totally, absolutely. Wow. I haven't seen your baby lately because of COVID, but the pictures, she is just the cutest thing ever. So congratulations. <laughs> Do you want me to say something just really briefly about the baby thing, even though that's not our topic? No, 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 you're going to say something about getting pregnant, having a birth at age 47. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babies come when they're ready. I didn't know this. You know, I went, like, you know, the IVF, the whole journey. But then I connected to the soul of the baby. Like, how many people do this when they're trying to get pregnant? Just stop and reflect and connect to the soul. You could literally call a soul in, just like you could call it in a soulmate. I mean, your baby is kind of your soulmate, too. So is your, your, my, my little dog next to me. They're all your soulmates. You could literally call it in and you could, you know, there's things that you could do to bring this about. And so she waited, my baby waited to come because I was trying to, you know, I'd wanted to have her for so long, but, you know, she waited to the 11th hour and now I know why she waited. It was like, there was one more thing I needed to heal. And then like after a miscarriage, I was like, okay, what is it I need to heal? And it was like, I knew when I healed the last thing. It was something like I needed to, like this level of surrender that I hadn't quite got into because I needed to opened my heart a little bit more to be the mother that she wanted. And then I went through this like meditation journey and I got there and I I was like, Oh my God, I knew she was coming right after that. (laughs) So basically it's like stepping stones. Same thing with love. It's like stepping stones, pillars that you have to go through on your own personal evolution to become the person that this other person wants to be with. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe she chose me just like my partner chose, chose me. I chose my parents allow them to choose you instead of forcing it to come to you. That's one of the biggest roadblocks to having a child or to calling in love. That was for me. I was trying so hard to get pregnant. And I mean, we all know women who who's in this 40s trying to get pregnant and there's like effort in their field. They're trying so hard 
So, you know, releasing mm-hmm. that. And it's the same thing with my whole journey to find love. I was so like, lonely and I wanted it so bad. And that was the very thing that was preventing me from finding love. And so literally when I started to have the spiritual awakening, there was nothing more important than the work I was doing. So I actually forgot that I even like wanted a boyfriend. And then of course that's when he came in. <laughs> Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, that's what I hear over and over is that when you're just wanting it so badly and you're just, you know, scrolling the dating apps and you're just going, it never happens. And as soon as you just give up and say, screw it, I'm just going to live my life, you make your life really great, and then somebody comes along. And you're like, well, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I had a lot of really, um, I, I never thought I would be in a, um, I don't know if you want to call it monogamous or whatever it is, monogamish, let's call it. I never thought that would be me because I never experienced that before, for one. But secondly, I, I mean, when I really boil it down, I don't think I was secure enough within myself that I actually believed one man would want me and me only. Like I could satisfy mm. one man's need. So I had to do mm-hmm. a lot of healing around that wound of me being just like worthy of a full man's love. Like, okay, sure. I could be the other woman. Like I did fine with that, but I was never like the primary woman. I never. Um, so one thing in my manifestation program, like this is one of the weeks I work on having this level, like your ability and level to have. And mine was very small. Like, you know, I could have it at um, like a night or at a party and then, find me the next day and I'm a completely different person. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll shrink down. I'll forget how, how to be myself. Like I actually never really knew how to be myself in a relationship. So I'd have this pattern mm-hmm. of, um, sure, I'd be like the hot, I mean, sexy kitten on the on the dance floor or on a date. And then the next morning I like forgot how to, I, I would just basically had to have to retreat into my own house in order to find myself and to like, you know, like I, I thought you always had to put on a show or be somebody to be in a relationship. I didn't know that I could bring my, like, my, uh, my farts, my, my dorkiness, my whatever, (laughs) my irritation. I didn't know I could bring that to a relationship and some guy would still accept Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) That was a journey to get there. Right. Well, you know, it, it's really got me thinking about, um, since, you know, I'm a polyamory open relationship coach, um, thinking about how so many people are doing open relationship or non-monogamy for the wrong reasons. They're doing it because they're acting from a wounded place rather than acting because I consider myself polyamorous as an identity. For me, it's kind of like being gay. Like I, I could never thrive long-term in a monogamous relationship, but so many people are doing polyamory because like, in your case, it was like, I don't deserve to have someone who just loves me only, so I'm just going to get a part of him, you know. And another person might be coming from a place of like, well, I don't want to make a commitment, so I just want to flitter around with a bunch of like half-committed relationships. So we have to look at like, why are we choosing this relationship style? Is it from a wounded place or, you know, because it's not about the relationship style, it's about why we're choosing it, the reasons that we're choosing it. I love that you brought this up. And this was actually on my mind, but I was like, I don't know if I want to, um, <laughs> let's, let's just go here. Uh, okay. I totally agree. And I agree that you are evolved and you are living your fullest and truest self. I love that because I've seen your evolution over the years too. And I love that you stepped into this powerful role that is so you, it just, it just, absolutely. Like, I, I want you to keep doing this. I, fully supports. Not too many people could do this role that you're doing, but you do it perfectly as the coach you are. Anyways, um, so yeah, I I was like flittering from relationship. It was like getting my my, my candy like from here and bringing myself up. And lots of times, especially as an extrovert, we get our self-esteem or or our feeling good about ourselves from the uh, acknowledgement that we get from other people. And then when you're with one person, you don't get that kudos again and again and again. So how do you build mm-hmm. that part with inside yourself, that part that wants, like, I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo. I need to be, like, freaking worshipped. I need to be admired. That's who I was, actually, pre-baby. <laughs> I need to be seen right. for all my awesomeness. And um, thank God I healed that. Because <laughs> when you're in a mm-hmm. room, I don't know about most people, but 
and this is sort of like the awakened evolutionary relationship is when you really wake up and truly see your partner again and again and again. I can't say I'm actually there. And so um, now, now I get it through work and other ways, um, or I just don't need it as much. But you are absolutely right. I feel like one of the topics we're going to talk to about, and I'll just kind of start with it right now, is karmic relationships. And the mm-hmm. way you get to, I believe, the way you get to know yourself the most and evolve yourself is not in isolation. Because I had a lifetime of isolation. I had a lifetime I'd go to the party and I'd be the most, you know, whatever, popular person at the party for the Friday night. And then my whole life was just such a dichotomy. And mm. I basically, I, my point is, is I hid all these aspects of who I was. Nobody went in deep to really see me. Nobody went in to mm-hmm. excavate the parts of myself that were hurting. And then, of course, in my career, you know, I was always focused on other people in my career because I was in a helping profession. So I basically went my whole, like until the age of 32, just avoiding any sharing of even feeling, I didn't even know I had feelings, you know, it was just so much that needed to be unpacked, which happened a lot through the sexuality work I started doing. Um, just basically the sexuality work all started with feeling a single, a single sensation in your body and accepting it as it is. That, that was the beginning of it. And I was like, what, what's feeling? I didn't even know how to feel myself at all. Um, I just lost my train of thought, so give me a second here. Oh, you were talking about karmic relationships. Yeah, so, okay, you know, every now and then my husband and I, we have a bicker, and he's like, I'm out of here, and uh, divorce papers, blah, 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 you know. I kind of laugh about it now (laughs) because I'm like, you ain't going nowhere because we have this karmic contract to to complete, and I don't think it's going to be complete until we're actually dead. (laughs) Usually karmic relationships last, last a lifetime. And by karmic relationships, I don't know if that's actually the best term, but this is the term I'm calling it right now. It's stuff that is unhealed from past lives, actually, that you're still calling in to heal. Maybe it's stuff with your father. You know, lots of times we are attracted to a partner because of uh, unhealed parental stuff or things that we liked about our parents. And uh, anyways, no matter how in love, no matter how in the honeymoon period you are with your partner, and this is one of the reasons why you talk about unhealthy relationships is because you could stay in the, honey, on, on the honeymoon period for, you know, a few weeks or months or sometimes even up to a year. But then after that, well, you could keep replacing truth. people with new people all yeah. the time so that exactly. it's one NRE yeah. after another. Yeah. Oh, my God. My husband would have been out of here so many times, you know, <laughs> like, so it's a good thing that he didn't have that option actually at the time. Although I will just interject and say that I also come from the camp that I want my partner to choose me at every moment. And even though I sometimes like can't stand him, I still choose him. He is the person I chose. Mm-hmm. He's the person I made my vow to. And he's the person I choose even when I'm super angry at. And the reason is, is because it's familiar. There's something with inside mm-hmm. myself that still needs to be healed. And sometimes mm-hmm. as a coach, people also often come to me and is this, and they say, is this relationship right for me or should I stay in this relationship? Even though I avoid giving advice, like you should not or should, um, there's a reason you're in a relationship with for wh- whoever it is. There's a reason, whether he's abusive or, you know, a super nice guy and you don't like nice guys and you step on them. The relationships that are more short-lived are like less karmic or there's most likely less healing to do unless you're a person that's avoidant. That's, that's not the story. But most people come into your life because there's a certain uh, healing that both people need to do, a lesson that both sides need to learn, okay? They say uh, <laughs> relationships are really about using people, you know? Like they say there's no tit for tat, but there is tit for tat. And, I mean, that's a whole other story if you, like, it, I could talk more about that one. Um, but relationships end, whether they end through death or however they end, when something is complete, now, like, mm-hmm. say, for example, I brought up that example, somebody does die, and um, the other person was, like, the woman was super in love with a man who just died, then her healing at that point is to learn something about surviving on her own, or whatever that next lesson is that he left her at that point. And basically, when this happens, we have two crossroads. One, we could sit in the misery and the pain of losing our partner or having a breakup and the heartbreak. And also, 
it's okay to go through the process, you know, the mourning, the crying, the anger, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm definitely an advocate of feeling your emotions fully, but eventually you want to learn the lessons. And my, my wish is that people end relationships with gratitude. And, you know, I've done some work to look back at like all the people I've dated and that went South and, you know, just gratitude for what that person taught me about myself. Now, often these lessons aren't like right. You can't see them when you're in them. When you're in the midst of heartbreak mm-hmm. or, you know, separation, people are so blinded to see what the wisdom and the learning really is. But all of you listeners right now, this is what I suggest is, and you too, Simi, you can look back after, at the, the lovers you've had or the relationships you've had, the longer term ones, the more significant ones. And you could see, you could ask yourself this question, how am I a better person now because of this relationship? Maybe you had to learn um, how to express your voice. Maybe when this person was dominant towards you, towards you. you needed to learn how to create um, boundaries. Or this person taught you about your self-worth or about how to love. So not everybody goes into the upward spiral of the evolution. But this is what I, uh, I'm a proponent for. You know, everybody has that choice to go towards that. Because we all know that woman that stays bitter because of how her, man, her last man was and she'll never date again. You know, we all know that personality well, type. They're out there. Well, yeah, and I've, I've been guilty of that where I um, slander. the. <laughs> when I'm still angry and hurt, I slander the person to all my friends and make it all about yeah. them and, you know, give them labels like narcissist and stuff when nobody's really ever diagnosed them with that. I just want to make them into this horrible person rather than feeling my own grief and going through yeah. those horrible feelings of separation. Yeah. yeah thank you um, for that. So, so how, what, what advice can you give to people who are in a karmic relationship currently who I have clients like this where they're going through such intense stuff like they're like why are we still together I don't know we love each other but there's just constant volatility and fighting and they know on some level that there's something there's some reason they're supposed to be together yeah exactly okay I want to speak to your comment before and so I'll speak to that first and then I'll answer your question Um, what you're saying before is how you slander your your ex this is common we all do it and um, gossip is one of the big red X's you know even though mm-hmm. I have this one practice for coaching, it's called withhold, where sometimes I do this when a client has a lot of just gruff and anger. I say, I'm going to hold space for five minutes, and I want you to say whatever's on your mind. Just let it out. I'm holding space. And it's great. They just, like, uh, uh, puke it all out, and then we can have a session, and we can talk for real. And so I'm a big proponent of, like, getting that expression and that movement of that energy out, because that's most likely true, at least in your perspective. Um, but then as we mm-hmm. evolve, you know, as a coach or a healer, we want to kind of uh, take more responsible standpoint because there's a reason we chose that person. And I'm not going to go into guesses about why, but there is a reason, something we need to learn, you know. And so uh, a more evolved perspective when you're out of the anger, because we all are in that. So look back. This is going to help you in the present. If you're single or if you're open relationship, this is going to help you going forward is look back at those relationships and what do you have to learn? What, why did you choose that person? And don't beat yourself up for those choices. You had good reason for, for choosing them. And now you're a wiser and more intelligent person for, um, for making different choices because of this person. Okay? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'll move on unless you want to say anything about that. No, your that's question. great. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So to answer your question, what I would say to people who are in yeah. So, Okay. Yeah, so often it's like, how do I know when it's time to move on from this relationship or stay in it? Yeah, or am I still supposed to be learning something here? Yeah. Okay, well, if you're still there, there's stuff to be learned, okay? So you're Mm -hmm. in the learning lesson until it's complete and you're healed from it. And also Mm -hmm. when you do complete with a relationship, there's a lot of, I see it in energy that the person stays stuck on you. This is true when a person dies too. And so you want to do a lot of clearing. There's many ways to do clearing, but really clear that person's energy so that you could be clear and not so muddled when you go forward. Um, I think it's a really person-to-person uh, uh, answer for that because I'd have to look at the actual dynamic. But most likely, mm-hmm. um, I would ask myself, like if I was doing an energy healing, 
what is it within this person that's attracting this dynamic and the other person? And there's mm-hmm. most likely something that needs to be healed. It could be like a dynamic with one of the parents, like inner child healing. And oftentimes these are past life wounds as well. So this isn't anything I expect mm-hmm. a person to just do. But um, mm-hmm. but if it's really, like if it really is a really strong trigger, that's, that's karmic. That's karmic pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this could also mean, like for those who are more like the short-term dater and who I was many years ago, I would often read that sign as it's time to just escape now before this continues. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. it might be, especially if there's abusive behavior, like alcoholic and abuse. My advice, I have a friend who's going through this right now, is she needs to leave. She needs to cut the cords um, sooner rather than later for this guy to make the shift that she actually wants. Otherwise, right. it's hard with um, alcoholic people or people who have addictions of some sort. Um, it's hard to really do the inner work. If they're open to doing the inner work with you, then you have the best situation yet. And then you could do a lot of therapy, couples therapy, to really um, see. So I believe... I, I believe uh, we choose our uh, partners often to heal the unmet needs that are not fully healed. At the same time, in order to have a healthy relationship, you want to have healed your unmet needs to the best of your ability. And you also want to have um, healed, well, three things. Your inner child, that's still hurting. We all have a pained inner child, every single person. And the major limiting beliefs that are standing in the way and your unmet needs. In order to have a healthy relationship, those three are essential. At the mm-hmm. same time, you'll still, you might feel like you're healed and you might feel like you're great, but you don't really know until you're actually in the relationship. And then I guarantee these things are going to come up once again. And when mm-hmm. they come up once again, this is an opportunity to do the work that's different than when you're doing by yourself. This is an opportunity to find new, um, new angles to do a healing at a whole other level. And, of course, there's many ways to do that. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you kind of did, you know, you were doing all these readings when you were in your psychic training. And after you'd done like 100 readings, you felt like your own limiting beliefs were cleared. So how can you help other people now without them having to do 100 readings um, to clear their limiting beliefs so that they can you know, to unblock their beliefs that they, that no one would really love them or whatever. It's preventing them from having the love they want. I'm so glad you asked this. I am a limiting belief specialist. <laughs> There's anything <laughs> I do. I have a free YouTube video, free open source. Just go to YouTube, um, put in my name, Shara Ogan, um, comma, belief or limiting belief changer. Um, you'll find it. And it's uh, like a 35 to 40 minute meditation. Just put some headphones on and um, I, there's music playing and find what limiting belief you want to work with. I also just published mm. a book called Unlocking the Body's Wisdom, Accessing Your Healing Powers mm. from Within. In this workbook, there's a book and a workbook, I have two very thorough, like I have one very long one and one abbreviated version, limiting belief change exercise. So, and that's like 10 bucks. So absolutely, I, you know, <laughs> every, so often what I do is I do a limiting belief healing session and there's like 10 different ways that I do this. And then I refer people to, you know, either the written or the auditory. I basically did it that way. So that cause some people are more, you know, visual and some people want to just like put that lay back and put the headphones on. Limiting right. belief. That's wonderful. Thank you. First of all, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I, uh, can I just speak a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There's, there's about 12 main beliefs that everybody has. Like, I don't belong. I'm on the outside. No matter what it is, everybody has two to five main ones that started in their childhood and that last throughout their lifetime. I mean, unless you're a very evolved figure, uh, you'll still have remnants of these same limiting beliefs. When I was looking for love, um, I always was wondering, why are some people like always in relationships and other people never, like me, never in relationships? Because, you know, fairly good looking and you know I, I I got like things going on and smart all that stuff and what I realized is it's sort of like the law of attraction that even though I had all these things on my like relationship resume I was selling the story that I'm unlovable and I'm not good enough and I'm on the outside like those were the three stories I was selling people <laughs> 
And so mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it took me, you know, until much longer to really realize what I was putting out into the energetic field. And so the reason why you don't have anything that you want, whether it's the job or um, the relationship or just true happiness is because there's a limiting belief standing in the way. And I, cause I've been doing this work for so long, I literally could just look at someone and see what the very limiting belief is that's standing in the way. And then I, I could show you exactly how to re- release it and heal it. Also, mm. if you are having um, uh, uh, physical pain or stuck points in your, in your body, like a ailment, uh, there's also a limiting belief there. So limiting beliefs will take you like backwards for your evolution. But sometimes when it gets to the point where there's physical pain in the body, which is one of the points of my book, that it's basically like the, the flare, blaring lights that are like saying, wait, Sumi, stop your life right now. And you need to look at this very thing, the very thing that's getting in the way of you being your highest and fullest self, which is the same thing that's blocking your manifestation. So I sort of roadmap how to like find the limiting belief, heal it, and then step into the life that you truly want, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach at sumatisparks.com. And we're speaking with Shara Ogan, who is an intuitive coach, and she's giving us all kinds of yummy tidbits and advice about how to attract the love that you want in your life, how to deal with uh, conflicts in relationship or just relationships that are really challenging and really kind of reframing them as karmic relationships. Um, if you have any questions for Shara, feel free to call in. The call-in number is 657-383-1132. You won't interrupt us. You'll just be put on hold and we'll answer the call at the right time. Again, that number is area code 657-383-1132. So, yes, thank you so much. I love the generosity that you have this YouTube video that anyone can use to do the meditation. I'm going to jump on that myself. Um, and so I want to move on to your um, experience that you had in the past healing your sexuality. Um, you had talked about having body dysmorphia. And, I mean, I just see you as this incredibly gorgeous, slender woman who's, like, ridiculously fit for, especially for your age group. So, you know, people say that about me, too, when I say I've had body dysmorphia. They're like, really, you? And so I know body dysmorphia has nothing to do with what you actually look like. And I, I think it's pretty epidemic among women especially so can you talk a little bit about how you healed your body dysmorphia and how you can now show women how to love their body exactly as it is absolutely well first of all let's talk about what is the root of body dysmorphia the root i believe is wanting to be invisible wanting to hide that's why i became anorexic i wanted to just escape from life and it's also dichotomy because when that happens, you actually get the attention that you really want. That's underneath the desire to hide and, and become invisible. So I don't think I actually healed that when I was going through it, which is um, like at the end of high school and uh, college. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. All throughout my 20s, I really struggled with all of that stuff. And then, well, we're going to talk in a bit about uh, a little bit about the expanded orgasm technique that I learned and the five steps, five major steps to staying connected in with your body. And I, um, I have actually, there's one exercise in my book as well that talks about how to become more comfortable. There's an exercise to just become more loving and uh, uh, more in love with your body. Actually, everybody it's really important. Every woman, it's mainly women that have difficulty loving their body or females. And one thing I, I just did this exercise with someone who actually had multiple sclerosis and she hated her legs. And so it was to find that part and just to learn how to love it. I, I took her through a process to bring love to that part that had been yearning and wanting love for so long. All of these parts of our body are parts of ourselves. And we want to learn to accept and love these parts because as you get older, you'll also realize that everybody has things that are wrong. So we have to stop hyper-focusing and stop being so hyper-vigilant on every little thing that we could criticize our own self about and start to shift that to more self-love, opening our fourth chakra. And it's extremely important 
that when you get into a relationship, that the person accepts and loves that part of you, even one step more than you two. I think that's a crucial part. You know, I, um, I always dislike my belly. And my, when I started dating my, my husband, he was like, uh, he just loved my belly. And it just, it, in some ways, you've got to do the work first to get out of these major limiting beliefs and thoughts and dislike of your body. But he kind of like sealed it that I was able to mm-hmm. stop these negative thoughts that I was putting on myself. If you don't stop your negative thoughts, especially any, anything that's self-directed negative, any part of yourself you dislike, whether it's your physical or, you know, who you are in the world, this is going to block you so deeply in your life and prevent you from being your highest and fullest self. And I guarantee whatever you dislike about your body, whatever you dislike about who you are, other people have that same thing too. And other people have other mm-hmm. things too. Other people are too fat, too skinny, too whatever. Their hair is frizzy. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I actually have this one video that I talk about why we chose our body parts the way we did. There's a karmic reason for that as well. That's a whole nother. Just email me if you want to hear more about that or if you want a copy of that video. And uh, But that goes on to like our karmic relationships are also our karmic choices for our body. And our bodies are the vehicles to get us to where we're meant to be. So, for instance, I have one client and she even says herself, I've never been pretty. I've never been, you know, um, her body is more chubby. And that's the work I'm actually doing with her is to be in full acceptance. Because the journey that her physical body has brought her is about being uh, using other assets that she has because she's brilliant. And she's this, like, amazing connector. And, I mean, people love her. And it's like you could just put your focus on what you're amazing and great at. And if she had, like, this sexy Barbie doll body, she would not be she – would, she wouldn't have the elements of the deep person that she is, the caring, the empathy, you know, all everything in the package that we've been given is for a particular reason. So use what you have to take you to your next level. Beautiful. Um, I just want to insert something here. When you were talking about how your husband sealed the deal on loving your belly, it reminded me of I was leading a polyamory support group for um, uh, primarily focusing on aging. Um, sexy aging is what I called it, polyamory and sexy aging. And the most elder of the people in the group was this woman in her 70s, and she had a couple lovers. And I said, so why don't you tell us, like, how, how have you learned to keep loving yourself as you got into your 70s? And she said, well, my boyfriends tell me I'm still sexy. <laughs> and I just thought that was so cute because, you know, I was, like, handing the podium to her and saying, you're the elder here, so tell us how you've done it. And it was basically, you know, I have kind men in my life who – you know, have chosen to love me and find me sexy. And so it's not always Mm -hmm. about sitting in, you know, on your meditation bench doing all your own work. We can actually give that to other people, especially when we're polyamorous. You know, if you are polyamorous, stop looking for the one who's going to meet all your bullet points and just go and love people. And it doesn't mean you have to have intercourse with everybody. You can just tell people that they're beautiful and sexy you know, ask for their consent if you can give them a compliment. But, you know, if they agree to it, then, you know, let them know that they're beautiful and sexy in whatever way you've agreed to because we really can heal each other as a community. We're not meant to be these isolated islands. Absolutely. I love that. <clears throat> yeah. And so, um, so tell us a little bit more about how you learned to, you know, really love your body as a sexual vehicle and then of course I'd, I'd love to hear about the extended orgasm yeah yeah so one thing I wanted to say as you're talking was that there's nothing more sexy and attractive than a person's energy you know like mm-hmm. having someone look you directly in the eye for instance versus like who I was 15 years ago like looking down and unable to even look at somebody in the eye now I stand on my shoulders back my breath forward and you know, my, my spine stacked pretty strongly and I could hold presence with someone. That's so much, that is what makes me so such a sexier, more attractive person than the person I was before. And mm-hmm. there's also nothing sexier than being able to see someone so deeply. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you could add a little kitty cat, you know, a few gestures that you could add on to that. 
But my point is, is that attraction is more from the energy from inside out. So I really want to um, encourage people to use more of that. Also, mm-hmm. I'll also add that um, the way men and women's sex is very different. You know, you're, you're an evolved, you and I have been like on a parallel tracks, let's say, um, for our own evolution. And uh, um, so, and, and, we, and you know that we, we sex differently. And the way that um, most women want is to um, be appreciated. I, I'm sorry, men are appreciation deprived and women are sensuality deficit. So by that, I mean having straight intercourse for a lot of women is great and that's it. And back in the day when I was, you know, before I did this big transformation within by myself, uh, that was it for me because sex was all in my head. It was all like how strong, how big the person's muscles were, who he was in the world. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, that was such great sex. He was so good. You know, he was so exactly he, he met all the check marks. I never realized that sex was actually about feeling like like literally the experience I just had with him. I could actually feel this from every any person because sexuality is really well. I was about to say something and then I was like, well, she'll definitely disagree with that. Well, I was, I was about um, sexuality is really sensation based, like at its core root. And so this is where a lot of my training comes from. And then of course, you know, with like more of the Tantra, I know you, you come from more of that camp and there's so much more of that connection and everything brings to it. But leaving that part aside, just talking about how to have an expanded orgasm, I'm going to teach you five core ingredients. And the main reason why I think this is important this used to be, I used to do this with clients. I used to be a slow sex coach. I'm not doing this so much now, but I'm just bringing it to the table right now because a lot of women don't really get off in intercourse. And this is because their clitoris is in a different spot than where a cock could ever actually really hit. And so mm-hmm. I was one of those people that never believed I deserved. Um, I would, uh, by having this level was so low that I was so shut down for actually feeling sensation in the first place. But then as I started to unblock those layers and realize that I was worth it and I could handle a man's full attention, those are like the first two stepping stones, let's say. Once I accomplished that, I realized, wait a second, the sensation that I'm getting um, from certain lovers isn't actually um, my most ideal sensation. And so the first step is staying connected to the sensation on the first point. This was my first training to actually, like you could even just take your index finger and just lightly stroke your back of your arm. And there's sensation there, you know, anybody could do this. Mm-hmm. And the sensation you have from me stroking your arm, it, it could be anybody stroking and you could still have like positive or negative experience from that. So there's sensation there, but most women are blocked on actually even knowing what it is, you know? Sometimes we're having sex and we're thinking about the laundry list or sometimes we, it's just a whole training to actually be what the actual stroke that is. And then, um, cause when I was like in my thirties, I didn't even know how to, one of my next um, principles is going to be asking for what you want and communicating. But when you're so disconnected from your body and from healing, you don't actually know what you want in the first place because it all kind of feels numb anyways. And so right. that's the first step. I'm sure it's a wide range of listeners that we have. If you're someone that struggles, especially a woman who, a female who struggles to feel pleasure from sexuality, then that's where I encourage you to start. Just start with like asking your partner to just slow down, not, not even using a cock, just using a finger and just touch certain areas just to see if you could have um, the variance of sensations or just directing. It's like a muscle, just like my clairvoyance mm-hmm. is a muscle that you could expand so is the clitoral or the vaginal sensation, training yourself to just feel what is without judgment. The second principle is take away the judgment or the meaning. And, you know, oh, lots of times, um, especially before you're in a long-term relationship, you're thinking about, oh, I, should I should I with this partner? Shouldn't I with this partner? You know, and there's all these thoughts and story that goes into it. And it takes away the purification of the actual sensations that's there. So if you choose to have any kind of um, sexual um, interaction with someone, see if you could be 100% present in that and leave out the story. And you'll probably have a very different experience. Um, The next principle is to uh, surrender. So often, um, I'm in a very entrepreneurial community of women, and we're very, a lot of us are very right-brained and forceful. 
And what I learned about like being in this practice is actually just to surrender because I'm, I'm trying to control the sensation that I want or drive the ship. That's actually the opposite. And you could try this out for yourself if you're trying to direct what kind of like sex you want to have or um, sensation. It's actually going to take you away from being like just surrendering and feeling the very moment. So that's the next one. Now, this is not to say power play and role play. I'm a proponent of all that too, but this is different. This is just seeking, sinking into the depth of expanding orgasm at the base root sensation. Okay, the next one is increase your happiness level. Yeah. I need to interrupt you for a second. Um, The show disconnected for some reason. My phone just cut out. And so I don't know if you continued to be recorded or not. (laughs) This has never happened to me before. So I apologize. Oh, that's funny. It's still recording my computer. I was off for about a minute or maybe a minute and a half or so. So if you could just repeat your steps again. I'm so sorry. Okay. So uh, first one, stay connected to sensation. Um, Okay. The single stroke. And if you're with a partner, just – and this isn't like – this is like, let's call this training to expand your orgasm. Just have him start with a finger, sit next to you, and just touch really gently to get to know the different parts of your um, your body. The next one is to surrender to the experience instead of trying to control it. Uh, the next one is asking for what you want, but do it in a way that it's a, um, a positive rather than a command. Like um, right. little to the, uh, yeah, so there's a slight difference. And then the next one is removing the story from it, like let go of what the meaning of all this is. If you just want to really sink into the sensation and train that muscle down there, the muscle of um, feeling. And then what actually happens is the neuronal synapses are like a tree and like there's an infinite number of branches. So once one, like one single stroke is felt like as if you were touching your arm, you know, once one single sensation is felt, it interacts neuronally with the other nerve fibers, the other parts of the tree. And so it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then the next one is to uh, uh, communication. And Oh, no, I just, I just mentioned that one. Um, the, and the last one is to stay connected to the energy through limbic resonance, limbic connection. So what that means is we all want this for uh, most evolutionary ideal relationship is to feel the feelings of another person, even and to know how to touch them even before they know how. So how do you do this? Well, one way is just um, simply with your finger touching a you know a, a part of their body that has sensation, and um, this is part of the expanded orgasm training is just to feel that. But at the same time, the more emotionally connected you are to a person, and and there's many ways to do this, you know, and uh, you, you as a coach, I'm sure you're filled with ideas about how to do this, but having that limbic resonance so that you really, limbic resonance is another uh, synonym for that is clair, um, clairsentience. So you're feeling the mm-hmm. sensations of another person. So the deeper mm-hmm. you are in connection with another person, the deeper your love life will be. Now, before I had this evolutionary shift, I was completely disconnected. I was out of limbic resonance with every, I, with every single person. I had zero limbic resonance. And that's what caused me to be so dehydrated, so lonely, so isolated, and so personally unfulfilled. So I believe that everybody is seeking this, is seeking, is seeking this deeper limbic connection. And you don't only have to have it for, with one lover. You could have it with a girlfriend. You could have it with, um, you know, of course, my dog and I have it deeply. Uh, my, my baby, you know, we're, we're, we have that feeling resonance um, vibration. And so I encourage, especially because of COVID, we've all had our experience with isolation. Now more than mm-hmm. ever, it's super important for us to like open our arms metaphorically at least and to allow people to come in closer, at least certain people, you know, <laughs> have at least one person come in closer so that you have that um, that dynamic force energy, I, I think of it like a light force energy going through you. And it's magical energy. And then with that, you can expand it to more and more and more people. And so rather than remaining closed off and isolatory, which has been very easy for us to do during COVID, 
I really am a proponent of open, opening up your walls in a way that feels safe, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a metaphor, so people might take that differently, but that's an energy vibration and doing it through love. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how does this lead to an ex- expanded orgasm? And what does expanded oh. orgasm mean? Does that mean multiple orgasms or does something different? Yeah, no, the expanded orgasm comes in because sort of like that tree analogy I was just using, it's just more and more fibers awaken. And it's literally like your whole like pelvis becomes like a sexuality organ. And and, and the more you slow down and yeah, and literally to like now me and my husband have these experiences where it just radiates through my entire body where I have this like enormous amount of sensation, all sorts without one stroke on my clitoris. And then it goes to everywhere, like just expands out. And that's this amazing thing. Anyways, I got really out of here because out there, because <laughs> right now I'm, I, I basically felt that I wanted to share this because I know there's lots of women out there that are females out there that are um, feeling detached from their own sexuality and feeling detached from connection as well. And it's hard to, to know about how to bring it into your body. And I feel like this was one of my first steps to really being more connected to my body and then being more of a, um, the relationship partner that my, my, my partner or somebody would want to be with, you know, an open express woman that has worked through those stories of shame and limitlessness, because anytime you have those limiting thoughts and the lack of having this, all that stuff, that shuts down the flow of sensation in your body. Anywhere you feel like you're wrong or you're bad, that's going to block that organic flow inside of your body. So it all kind of works together. As we free up our mind, we free up our body as well. Thank you so much. I love that. Um, So it's funny when you said um, you might not agree with this, you were talking about that the basis of all sexuality, what did you say that sensual, sensuality is the basis of sex or? Sensation. Yeah. Based in sensation. sensation. Okay. So, yeah, and then you the said that, that I meant, what, and what then is? you suggested I might not agree with it because I'm into Tantra and I'm not really that into Tantra, but I am into kink. And, <laughs> what I found in what I found in kink is that the brain is the largest sex organ. So if yes. I'm getting my kink, my I have to get like a certain kind of situation for my brain to kick in first. And like, oh, this means, and, I, and this is not my particular situation, but I I had a, a boyfriend once that had another lover, who he could make her come just by telling her to come. They weren't touching at all. He would just command, he was her dom and she was the sub and he would just command her to come. So there's something in kink where so there's a the brain is telling So she just really is turned on by being told in that commanding way. Wow. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I find that, that there's that the connection, well, I think that's kind of what you're saying in the limbic connection, right? That it's not, you don't necessarily have to be touching, that you can feel the energy even yeah. when you're not physically touching. Same in Tantra. Yeah, that's true too. Yes, absolutely. And, and I even had those experiences on Zoom where I've done, you know, this past year where I've done, um, you know, breakout sessions with somebody and just the way we're making eye contact or the way we're breathing together or the way we're asking each other to move their hands in a certain way, um, I've been able to feel incredible connection and sensation in my body. So our, I think our brains are the largest sex organ. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, that's amazing. And so this energy you're speaking of is turn on. So it's like just turning on the kundalini, the whatever terms you want to use. This energy is powerful. This energy is also very similar to creative energy because this is based on the second chakra mainly. And through that, you could go to all the other chakras and all the other parts of your body. Um, So yeah, use this energy powerfully to create what you want to in this life. And also it's also very connected to the heart or it could be actually, it doesn't always have to be, but you could connect it with intention to your heart. And then that's the most powerful combination. Get those fluids mm-hmm. going, do what you're passionate about, 
whether you're doing this podcast. <laughs> Actually, I have to tell you, I was kind of tired before I got in here. I was kind of like, eh, 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 you know, all about this podcast, but I freaking love this. I'm in my <laughs> Joan of Bois, you know, like this is what I'm meant to be doing in the world. It's helping people in this way. And that's, this is the turn on uh, flowing energy that I'm speaking of. We all want to get a taste of that. Yeah, awesome. Well, since we're on that topic of you're doing what you love, um, we're almost out of time. So why don't you share with our listeners how they can reach you and if you have anything you want to offer them. Yes. Well, it's actually perfect timing because I have a few things coming up. I have a manifestation. Uh, it's a two-month program coming up. And I have a free manifestation masterclass coming up next week and the next couple of weeks. I'll confess, right now my website's being worked on, but if you just go to my website, it, it, you could go now, it's still in progress, so it's shara.ogan.com, S-H-A-R-A.com, or my email, shara.ogan at gmail, and uh, you could um, email me if there's anything I spoke about that you want more information about, or if you want any of those free resources I referred to, my book. Um so the manifestation program is happening, and it's going to be amazing just to have a group of people putting their full focus on your intention and what you want. And not only that, but I'm psychic, so I can see I'm going to literally give everybody insights about what is blocking them from having what they want. I have this ability. I also have this ability to clear it, believe it or not. Ooh. So, And it's a very reasonable price for that one. Following that, I have group coaching. So I do coaching. I do coaching packages. And um, they're not cheap. I'll just put it out there, but they're powerful and they're life-changing. And so if you want a free consultation, just call me. I mean, just email me. And then, but if you don't want to pay that high price, I have this amazing 10-week group coaching program coming up in a few weeks. Um, But I'm starting to promote it uh, starting next week, actually. The information will be here and I'll, I'll be offering some free classes around that as well. And this will clear everything from your childhood imprints embryonic imprints to your ancestral um, healing. And uh, we're going to have a focus on love manifestation and money and every, all good things like that. Anyways. uh, So check out my website or um, check out my book on Amazon, unlocking your body's wisdom. That's more on the um, medical intuition side. And I also do a one-off reading sometimes. So if you just need some energy healing and clearing or some insights about, love blocks or about uh, physical pain ailments, then just just ping me and I'm happy to get on the phone with you or Zoom call. Yeah. I also have like, a, I have like 100 videos on YouTube. Just go to my YouTube, Shara Ogan, and, you know, open resource. I have plenty of free resources because I'm really dedicated to helping people in the mind, body, and spirit. I also have retreats happening. Her. I have a lot going on. <laughs> yes, you do. You really do offer a, a lot of content for free on your YouTube channel and everything else. So you're very generous in that way. I don't know how you all do it all with your having a baby too, but you're pretty amazing. And you wrote a book. <laughs> and you wrote your book yeah. after you had your baby, right? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Don't care. <laughs> That's <really> don't. incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, well, Shara, thank you so much for being on the show. And I just want to repeat your website because you cut out when you said your last name. So your website is just like your email, sharaogan.com. Yeah, it's S-H-A-R-A-O-G-I-N.com. Yep. Right. And then the email is sharaogan at gmail.com, correct? Thank you so much. It was so great to hear your story. And you just shared so much wisdom with people. I really appreciate your generosity. And good, good luck with your program. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I hope it was helpful to your audience. Absolutely. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So next week on Leading Edge Love Radio, we're going to merge the show with Dawn Davidson's polyamory meetup group. She calls it the East Bay Polyamory Potluck because we, it used to be in the East Bay area, uh, the San Francisco Bay area, but now it's all online. <laughs> so um, we can merge with their Zoom, but we're going to have to start a little bit later. So starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we'll start at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time um, so that we can merge with Dawn's group. We're going to all jump on Zoom 
and then we're going to call into the radio show together. So it's going to be an experiment. It should be lots of fun. I hope you'll all join us next week. So just watch for the announcement. All right. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.